0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so excited you're with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My guest today is Broadway movie and television star and author, Gina Gershon. She's going to be talking to us today about her recent release book, In Search of Cleo. How I found my pussy and lost my mind. If that doesn't catch your attention, nothing will. So we got to talk to her about that. It's a great, great book. And uh, we want to talk to her about Cleo, obviously, as well. So everybody stay tuned, hang tight. We'll be right back with Gina Gershon. Right after these messages, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
2: Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on PetLife Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. And joining me now is actress and author Gina Gershon. Gina, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Oh, we're doing great, we're doing great. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today, and congratulations on the latest book. Thank you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, In Search of Cleo.
0: Well, it's basically the true story of when my cat was taken from my house, and he was missing. he was missing for three days, and I had to search high and low the streets of L.A. for two and a half months until I could find him. And... All of the crazy people that I met along the way and who I enlisted to help me, friends, people who supposedly didn't even exist. I mean, who knows? You name it. I did everything I could to get my cat back.
1: And we won't actually tell the cliffhanger. Everybody's got to get the book and read it to find out how it all turned out. Oh, yeah,
0: that wouldn't
1: be any fun. That wouldn't be any fun at all. Now, I do have to admit, Gina, there's many, many reasons I wanted to talk to you, and I think the book's fabulous uh, once again. But I know during your journey you had a nice little conversation with uh, Sonia, and uh, unbeknownst to you, probably I am too an animal communicator. Really? And, yes, and my specialty is missing animals. That's oh, wow. Uh, what I'm I would have called
0: you too had I known. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. So now we know. Hopefully, it never happens again. But uh, yeah, it, I never have
0: to talk. I never have to talk to you about that. That's good. right.
1: We'll talk about other things. But it did fascinate me about that part of it. So tell us a little bit about that journey and some of those characters you ran into in uh, trying to find Cleo.
0: Oh, which ones? There were so many. I mean, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning in L.A. when I went, you know, cat hunting basically from 4.37. And it's not like New York or, you know, other cities. It's pretty deserted. L.A. is empty. And so um, the people that you meet between 4.30 and 7 in the morning aren't your typical people you normally meet otherwise. And there was guys from jail calling me. I met psychics that people said, oh, you have to talk to this person, Sonia the animal psychic, Arthur the paper man, this uh, World War II vet was pretty interesting. Um, a whole bunch of other people who said, oh, called me up and said, oh, I have your cat. But as it turns out, they didn't have my cat. <laughs> lots of very nice people who were very, very helpful. You know, other people who just, you know, kind of wanted to make a reward. So you learn a lot about Humanity and what goes on. It was very interesting. It was a whole subculture of people that I hadn't encountered before.
1: Yeah, I think you know, it's fascinating because, you know, as I mentioned, I do this work. Uh, this is probably the main part of uh, what I do outside of the writing and, and the radio show. But you do find sort of uh, one type of person or another, I tend to believe. It's the the one person who believes that they have the best advice in the world, which probably is not the best advice in the world. And then you have the other one, which is the true colors of what I think humanity is all about, that people really willing to help and go out of their way to help you out in a situation like this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you may learn who people, you know, they're definitely animal people. and there are definitely people who are not animals who don't get it. They're just like, oh, just go out and get another cat. It's like, really? Go out and get another kid. I mean, it was very interesting to see. You could tell by their reaction to what I was going through, their own relationship with their pet.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's a big part of it as well. You know, it's not just another cat. You know, uh, yes, you can adopt cats and find cats, et cetera. But uh, Cleo's your your baby, is your, uh, your family. Absolutely. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about Cleo.
0: Cleo is, um, he's a very, now (laughs) spoiled, (laughs) manipulative, very smart cat, but very sweet. I mean, really, he's, you know, I'm sure everyone says, oh, my cat's not like a cat. He's like a human being, but he's pretty highly evolved, with a very big personality, and he definitely runs the house. If he doesn't like what's going on, he lets you know it.
1: So you got your typical cat behavior there. I think that that's the way to go about. but I'm sure that is a Cleo milking this for a little bit more than it's worth since this escapade uh happened.
0: Oh oh yeah. Well, he came back and of course I was so happy to, that he came back. He, you know, was completely spoiled. And then I think he realized, oh, yeah, I really should melt this for all it's worth, and he did, and now he's a monster. (laughs) But a good monster, a monster that I love.
1: Yes, right, a monster with the pull on the heartstrings there. Yeah. (laughs) So then you, you go through this great escapade, or not so great escapade at the time, and I'm sure you're, you go through all the emotions that, that happen when you miss a uh, furry family member. But how do you turn that into a book? What made you decide to do that? Was it basically prodding by all your friends and family to do this, or was it something that you thought about on your own?
0: Well, I'd say for a couple of years, you know, I always have side projects. I think, okay, maybe one day I'll do this. And I certainly had a couple of strange cat stories. I thought, oh, I'll just write a cat tales book, you know, because I I did have odd encounters with cats. And I thought, oh, that could be funny short stories or interesting short stories. And the Cleo story, you know, I was so devastated when I was going through it. It never even occurred to me to write about it. My friends were highly entertained by all these stories uh, while I was completely (laughs) devastated. And when I did my album, that I ended up calling In Search of Cleo only because it has nothing to do with my cat. It's because I kind of married, you know, the theme of the book is really at the end of the day, it's about what people will go through in order to find true love, you know, Mm -hmm. and I happen to tell it through the story of a cat, but it's really no different than if you're looking for your partner in life. Or if you found your person and then you lose them and you have to go out and find them again. So when I told, when I played the music, I told the story of Cleo. So I just called the album in search of Cleo, just because I thought it would be easier. And then after that, everyone kept saying, oh, my God, no one believed the story. I'm like, I'm not making this up. And one thing led to another and someone said, oh, you should write this as a single, you know, for Kindle. And I thought it was an interesting idea. And the next thing I knew, I had a book deal. I mean and someone said, Can you write this as a book? And I was like, uh, uh yeah, I guess and so I just said, Sure. I rose up to the challenge. I've never <laughs> de- done a book like this before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely so. And now now you can write another book about cats. That would be the key behind that. Just keep no, it. No, it, it no, no. I
0: it. think one story about a cat, <laughs> one book about a cat is plenty.
1: Well I, I interviewed last I don't uh,
0: have another story. Hopefully oh, we I can won't find have another someone. story.
1: Well, the reason I say that is I interviewed a a very well-known author, I'll leave his name unmarked on this interview, but uh, he had a New York Times bestselling book about dogs, and he said he didn't want to be a dog writer, but somebody talked him into writing about another dog that he had encountered, and that became a New York Times bestseller. So nothing wrong with being a dog or a cat writer, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) I I don't think of this as a dog or cat. I mean, it's certainly about my cat, but I feel like it's about so much more, you know? Yeah, I don't is, think I could have written it if it was simply about my cat. Well,
1: and I think it's the key thing behind it is because, okay, it's cat, and if you love uh, cats or animals in general, you're going to be uh, definitely having an appeal towards the book. Uh, your escapades and all this stuff that you go through and the emotions and everything that goes through in the book definitely shine. But also, as you mentioned, those parallels, how it parallels in life and some of the, the challenges that you were going through in life, some personal relationships and family uh, situations that you were going through that paralleled beautifully into a nice book that's fun, humorous, heart and uh, actually has those underlying uh, themes to it as well. So you did a great job on that. Thank you. We're going to come to a a quick commercial break. Uh, We'll come back with uh, Gina Gershon, talk to her a little bit more about her book and some of the other wonderful activities she has going on. So everybody stay tuned. We'll continue our conversation right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life
2: Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock collection exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com.
0: Hi, I'm Lisa Smith Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets My Dogs will
2: feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen,
0: I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith Putnam. Your Pets
2: My Dogs.
1: Let's Talk Pets.
2: Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. You're listening to uh, Tim Link. Thanks for coming uh, on board with us today and listening. We've got author and actress Gina Gershon on the line with us today. We're talking to her about her latest book, In Search of Cleo. And Gina, I want to talk to you a little bit more about. Um, After putting the book together and uh, having it out there, is there something you've learned the most from putting the book out as far as once you were done, you were kind of surprised uh, about any part of writing it or putting the book together? you go into the idea of writing the book putting the theme together and but once you're done it takes on this new life or it has a surprise part that you'd sort of forgotten about or something that that popped into your forefront it's like i knew it was going to be a good book but i knew it was going to turn into this or have these underlying feelings
0: yeah you know i think the thing that surprised me so much cuz i had to not only tell the cleo stories i kind of told memories about other strange cat stories along the way You know, these are stories that I just know because I've lived them. And then once you start putting them down, after a while, I thought, oh, my God, people are going to think I'm insane. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they seem so normal when I'm going through them, but like looking at them objectively, I can see how people are skeptical. Because I, in fact, you know, am a skeptical person as well. And one strange thing after the other, I'm sure my friend read it, and she was just like, oh my gosh, she was, okay, you just tell me you made some of this stuff. I said, you know, she asked me about one part in particular. I said, no, it's totally true. I said, the weirder this stuff is, the truer prob- it is. And uh, she was like, okay, we well, need to check you in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I learned truth is stranger than fiction, and that's just the truth. You know.
1: Yeah, I always say when we're talking about uh, comedy or, or humor in particular, you know, it's the real life things that you go through that people can relate to and actually get humor from. And I think it's the same thing when you're putting together a book; it's things that they they can't believe is happening, but yet they can sort of relate to it as well.
0: Well, listen, some of the best comedy it comes from the most painful place. You know, I mean, look at the great comics; they're <laughs> miserable. They've gone through horrible times for the most part. You know, I think had this not been so horrible and tragic at the moment and painful to go through, I don't think I would have gone through it, and it just wouldn't have seemed so insane. I wouldn't have, you know. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and you know, the more willing you are to go out there, you know, the, I think the stranger stuff is going to come to you. You know, mm-hmm. if you're open to it. Absolutely. I not open to anything.
1: That's right, because you need to Cleo back, and that's, that's the key I wanted
0: point. my baby back.
1: That's right. Once our readers pick up a copy of the the book, In Search of Cleo, what would you hope they would take away from it after reading the book?
0: Oh, to make sure they know who's taking care of their animal when they go away. <laughs> not someone who takes them to dog groomers. I would hope that they came, you know, one of the things that I came out of the story with, when I was living it, I, it made me a little bit less judgmental. I feel like there were so many people that I thought were so strange that in, in my normal life I would never actually speak to, and I probably wouldn't. And they ended up being such great people. So I learned not to judge a book by its cover. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And people are surprising in their humanity.
1: Yeah, I do. as I mentioned before, I think at times like these, the people that, that understand what you're going through and uh, what Cleo was going through, Step up and show their true colors, which hopefully, uh, in most cases, it's a very positive sign behind them.
0: Yeah, well, especially like in LA, everyone's it's such a car culture, and everyone's so in their own little world that you kind of, you just—it's almost like the other these other people don't even exist. And when all of a sudden you have to encounter these different types of people that you don't normally encounter, it's really interesting. It's good to get out in the world and learn a little bit, get out of your comfort zone a bit.
1: That's right. You're probably the first person in your neighborhood to actually know your neighbors, whether you liked it or not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. It's like, who is, who is this girl in our name? Yeah, I mean, L.A., it's, sometimes you know your neighbors, but not as well as in New York.
2: You don't really have
0: neighborhoods, you know, because people don't really walk. It's not a walking culture. You're just kind of in your car, and people don't talk to each other. Although, that's not true. When I lived down at the beach, people knew each other. It was a little bit more neighborhood-like.
1: Yeah, because you're Probably getting out
0: and, out and about,
1: sure. Now, this is uh, not your first uh, book out there, obviously. It's, uh, you're the co-author of a children's book as well, Camp uh, Creepy Time.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I wrote yeah. that with my brother a couple of years ago. It's a, they called it a young adult book, but it was really you know for like eight years old and up because I know a lot of adults who really liked it.
1: Exactly. Now, how was the process of writing this book compared to putting together a, uh, a young adult or children's book?
0: Well, it was totally different. I mean, this was basically a true story. So I wasn't trying to write this per se, I was just trying to retell the story, just kind of try to keep it in my voice, as if you were sitting there in the room with me and I was telling you this crazy story, where, you know, Camp Creepy Time was completely fictitious, so we had to really make it all up.
1: Yeah, it uh... I mean, was a
0: big difference. And, you know, it had to be written. And a lot of that was more, to me, in my brother's voice, the main character in that, really, I wanted to keep it in his voice because it was so much a part of him. So it was just a different process. It was more of structure and protagonist and antagonist. I mean, like classical, more, like, classic, like, kind of literary things I had to think of were in this. I just wanted to tell the story. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have to think about that stuff. Right, right. Exactly. So it was more like a memory surge. It was more like I'd have to sit down... And think, okay, how do I actually put this in words? And I just tried to, if I could have, and someone actually told me the other day, (laughs) I actually could have, like dictated the whole thing and just had someone else write it down or there's those computers that everyone could do that. I probably should have just done that. It would have been just as easy. It probably would have been easier, by the way.
1: Yeah, it would have been more difficult on your editor probably, <laughs> but a lot easier yeah. on you, I think, was the way it goes. I want to learn a little bit more about some of the other projects you have going on. I noticed you're the founding member of the New York City theater group Naked Angels. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that group and some of the, uh, the things you have going on there.
0: Well, that started, thank God, many years ago, almost 25 years ago. When none of us were working, it's a great group of people, actors, writers, and directors, and we just wanted to work. So we just said, well, let's just put on shows. We have writers, we have actors, and it was very lucky. We happened to have a great group of people. You know, John Robin Bates, Kenny Lonigan, Frank O'Glasey, you know, I mean, writers who are all over Broadway now. Joe Mantella, who's like the king of Broadway, was one of our actors, directors. Actors, we had, you know, oh my God, so many people, me and Fisher Stevens and Matthew Broderick and... Um, Marissa Tomei, and Nancy Travis. I mean, it went on and on, and none of us were really working yet. So it was kind of an interesting time. And what's going on now? I'm not working with them at this moment. Not that I'm not involved, but uh, I feel dumb. You know, there's always something going on, but I'm not really sure what, because I've been out working and doing the books. So I've been a little bit out of touch.
1: Yeah, that's okay. And everybody can uh, definitely uh, look it up online, find out more about the projects and, and what's going on with the theater group. Well, tell us, uh, listeners, how they can find out more about you, all your happenings, and uh, obviously pick up a copy of the book In Search of Cleo.
0: Well, you can can always go onto my website. I'm trying to keep it a little bit better, or on my Twitter site. I kind of have everything going on with those things. I mean, also, I want to say that the book um, is also, there's an audio version where I narrate the whole book, and me and Christian McBride, who's an incredible bass player, obviously, he plays bass, and I play Jews' harp, so we kind of back up the story with music, which is kind of how it was originally told, so I'm I'm quite fond of it. And what else? Oh, I don't know. I always have all sorts of things going on.
1: <laughs> That's okay. If Any social media, Facebook or anywhere we can uh, keep track of you? Twitter. Twitter, all right. Oh, yep.
0: Real Gina Gershon, not the fake Gina Not
1: the Grishon. fake one. Get the real, At real Gina Gershon.
0: Yeah, I usually have stuff going on there. And the website, you know, GinaGershon.com has all the outlets and where you can get the book, where you can get the audio, what's going on. As long as someone's keeping it up, that's where you can get find
1: out. There you go. So everybody, check that out. Uh, go on to uh, Twitter. Pick up a copy of the audio book and the hardback book. It's the best way to go. See you the best of both worlds. Gina, thanks for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Have fun on the tour. And uh, we'll be looking forward to... The next cat book down the road. <laughs> <right in
0: there. laughs> thank you
1: so much. All right, everybody, You've been listening to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Everybody, pick up a copy of Gina Gershon's book, "In Search of Cleo: How I Found My Pussy and Lost My Mind." Great book, great read. Pick up the audio book as well. So we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. I'd like, to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'd also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making the show happen. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories in my blog, you can go to radio That's PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Animal Rights icon, and you can download the episodes and listen and read to your leisure. While you're there, be sure to check out all the other hosts and wonderful shows on Pet Life Radio. It's petliferadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at tim at petliferadio.com. That's tim at petliferadio.com. And I'll be glad to uh, answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life share it in a blog article or in a book and who knows you may be the next guest on animal rights on pet life
2: radio let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com